again. Back again. We in this. Episode yeah, five, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, we took a week off. We yeah. Yeah, we took a week off, but it was good though because I mean I think I was really busy, you was busy, a lot going on. So yeah, I think it was not only busy but just wild stuff. Was yeah, happening. we ain't gonna get into all that. Yeah, stuff nah. Happening. But I think like, <laughs> and me and Debra, we posted on Instagram, um, and I think the big thing was we were saying that, and Dev felt this conviction, and I love that he felt this conviction because I think I'm one of those guys like, oh, let's just you know we got the spirit in us, let's just flow. But I believe the podcast is called Immersed Podcast, right? So let's get immersed in, in the word of God in the sense of like whatever the subject or it, what it may be. Yes, everyone has head knowledge, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. or a passion about something. But let us get immersed in the word of God to care for it because it's such a such a beautiful thing. And also it's something to be held in honor. And we don't want to just flippantly like get on the mic and yeah, 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 yeah. you know what I mean? Not trying to do that. So, yeah. Um, yeah, Dev brought up the idea and I was like yeah you're right bro so yeah and i honestly did not want to do it at all but like i really <laughs> felt like yeah let's just give it a week mm-hmm. and then also like i mean just how epi- four, episode four was going you know it, it was okay yeah so yeah but yeah so now nah, we're back episode five a week later you feel me a week late but it's all good though uh so the uh title of it today is what is the bible and has it changed so we're really just going to be breaking down like you know what is you know, like, what is the Bible? Literally, like, you know, when you pick up a Bible, like, what is that? What is the book that you're holding in your hands? But has it changed? Because I know it's an important thing. Like, even when I talk to, like, you know, different people, friends, family, like, you know, who don't really know, they're just like, well, like, you know, the Bible has changed or like, you know, the translations. And they think that means that literally, like, the word of God has changed or and it's mm-hmm. like different. So Being manipulated or something. Exactly. Exactly. So it's a lot, you know, and I remember being in a place where, like, you know, I didn't I didn't really know because I, I was never like. And I'm not saying that I'm gullible now, but I was never like a gullible person to believe anything. You feel me? Like just whatever somebody told me, I always had like the, mm, is that true? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like, I think this is really good for like, you know, a lot of us to really just talk about and, and to understand that like the Bible is literally the word of God and no, it has not changed from the original languages. So Absolutely. we'll be breaking that down today. Yeah. yeah the, what we're going to get into in the sense of like his, like the history on the Bible um, just, I mean, everything. Cause I think if there's one thing that people try to attack, mm-hmm. it's actually, Oh, the Bible has changed. It's been manipulated. Mm-hmm. It's not the same book. And it's something that is so in like, in just in culture, people will try to destroy it. Yeah. But if you actually do your research, it is so easy and simple to actually prove that it hasn't. And we're going to get into that. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I know like, and it's funny, like just to bring this up really quick, I wasn't even thinking about this before. A lot of people are like, well, how do you find this information? They were like Google. Well, I can go on Google and find the same as like information. But the thing about this is like, it's so much that points to the Bible's accuracy. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like when you search up like certain things, like I know like, you know, somebody was like Horus and stuff like that. And then like the Egyptian and stuff like that. And how like that the Bible took from that story. But it's like you search that up on YouTube, you'll probably find 10 videos. You know what I'm saying? Maybe if that, maybe not even that much. So it's like, how can that be true? And how has the Bible taken so much from that when there's not even that much information out there? It's just these random bogus websites that got mm-hmm. information on that. Like, no, like you mm-hmm. search up the Bible accuracy, you'll find endless stuff. Absolutely. And there's museums literally like, in Israel, all over the country, in the University of Michigan. Yeah. I mean, um, that I was reading about. And there's also like, and guys, I would genuinely tell you guys, I literally cried when I went to this. There is a Bible museum in uh in dc and right, i yeah. went and i went and man when i tell you it's it's not um oh there's artifacts everywhere mm-hmm. they do have that but they it's so 21st century yeah. in the sense of videos and mm-hmm. and um and 
this crazy dimension. interactive yeah, yeah, things, exactly yeah. thank yeah. you it's like interactive and stuff so you walk through these things and it's literally playing the bible out before you and it's like and then it also shows you how this whole world has been has been um affected by the power of the bible yeah and i was blown away yeah when i was hearing like some of the things that like people we look up to um in the sense of like how we have electricity or how we have the, the gutenberg press you know what i mean in the sense of what actually caused uh, us to be able to actually print books back in the day mm. you know what i mean i mean it was all of these things and these people were believers and a lot of them are like oh yeah i just got inspired one day and a lot of them actually give that honor and glory to god that gave them those ideas to actually do these things yeah you know and i was like it's crazy so i would strongly encourage to go to the bible museum i know with the virus and everything i think things are starting to open up i'm not really too sure yeah. but the bible museum in dc is absolutely a necessity especially if you have questions on this or really if you're just a passionate if you're a skeptic or if you're a passionate believer mm -hmm. it's it's really good on on all scales yeah no it's really good i went i took like my sisters and my brothers we went that joint was dope you feel I me? didn't know you went. Yeah, I went. You yeah. did? Yeah. Dang. Yeah. I was literally about to be like, bro, we got to go. I was about to like get off the mic and be like, bro. We <laughs> nah, hey, hey, look, y'all. If y'all live around here, if y'all know us personally, we got to take a field trip. You feel me? Especially if y'all ain't never been. Hey, yeah. the immersed field trip to the, the Bible yeah, Museum. <laughs> we got to do that. That's hilarious. But yeah, so um, yeah, uh, we could start off in prayer and then um, we could just go from there. So mm -hmm. do you want to pray? Yeah. And then, guys, I also I want to say this, like just to kind of give you an idea of what any new listeners, this is really what this podcast is. Yeah. Um, this podcast, what we do is we get immersed in the word of God to break down popular topics through a biblical perspective. And this will help to disciple the body of Christ. Um, this is our heart. This is our desire. This is what the Lord has uh, um, guided us in the sense of what this is to be. Yeah. Um, and so it's not something that we really came up with, but literally, literally like the Lord affirmed, like, Hey, I want you guys to yeah. do this, which yeah. was really, it was uh, a little shocking, but exciting at the same time. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Did you want me to pray? Yeah, you could pray. Okay. Bet. So Jesus, father, I thank you for your Holy scriptures. I thank you, Lord God, for all listening right now, God, that you would bless their ears. God, I thank you that faith comes through hearing and hearing through the word of God. Um, may you guide us in our words, God, as we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us that flows out like a river. We bless you, God. We thank you for this amazing book that is so much more than a book. May you help us, God, um, when, and, and to in, in the best way possible, Lord God, as, as best as the human language can do. Give us the words, God, to be able to demonstrate uh, and, and, and to reveal the the weightiness and the beauty of your scriptures god that are beautiful that are timeless and that will always be here so god i thank you in jesus name amen, amen. that was good boy i'm over here nodding my head so much my glass has done hit the, <laughs> like the, head, the, the he's boom like, arm yeah you hit an amen you like headbutt the mic yeah. i literally almost did that too for real I, yeah I, I my glasses hit it I'm like, oh man <laughs> But yeah, so um, we're just going to get into like some facts, like explain our love for the Bible and what is the Bible. So we could just go over the facts. So really quick, 66 total books, two sections. Basically, the Bible is split up in two different sections. So you mm -hmm. have Old Testament, which is 39 books. You have the New Testament, which is 27 books. And basically, I think the biggest difference between the Old Testament, the New Testament, the Old Testament is like the creation, you know, how God created the heavens and the mm -hmm. earth, how he started moving through the Israelites, which was like the chosen people that God used in order to bring Jesus through. It was literally like a lineage of people who was obedient to God 
you know, who who was obedient to God and to his plan. So he was going to bring like the coming savior through them because they were the ones who was obedient, starting with like Abraham and mm -hmm. all that, you know, different God things. Chosen people. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So then that's before Jesus. But then you get to like the prophets of the Old Testament, the Jeremiah's, the Isaiah's. And Come these on. are prophets, which is people who hear from God, who is basically foretelling future events that are to come and basically saying that like a savior a messiah is going to come mm -hmm. and he's going to be the one who redeems all people like from you know from every nation he's going to redeem all people and he's going to give them salvation Amen. so basically it's people waiting on the savior and talking about the savior which is the old testament but then you get to the new testament the very first book of the bible that's matthew or not the bible the very the very first book of the new testament my bad you get to that and then that starts talking about Jesus and then it's like a baby born and he's born to a virgin and, mm -hmm. you know, he doesn't have like a human father because literally the Holy Spirit impregnates her and the angel comes to her like, yo, you're going to be pregnant and da 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 and she's a virgin but she believes him and mm -hmm. her faith, you like, you know what I mean? She just has crazy faith and stuff like that. You know, that this baby's born, he's born in a manger, like, you know, he, there was nowhere to stay, so this man is born, like, he's literally born in, like, a place where, like, animals stay and sleep, and I could like only the imagine. the king of the universe, like, the son of God, the the one who, who came to redeem all mankind, didn't come in all glory and mm. power, but literally, it even says, Christopher, didn't even have a place to stay in the inn, which was, like, a hotel back yeah. then, like, literally was, like, got, got delivered and everything and, and hung out in, like, some hay, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, the king of glory... You know what I mean? Um, it just shows the humility and desire of God to like, I I'm going to come and I'm not going to come in all glory. I'm going to come as a servant. You know what I mean? Man. And the heart. Like, can you imagine that? Oh, like, yeah. He's, this guy created everything. Yeah. Like Jesus had to like be nursed by like by like his mother. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's just like he had to have his diaper changed. Like he had to grow up. You know what I mean? And yeah. um, he had like ended up having siblings like then uh, Joseph and Mary actually had uh, children. And so yeah. he like grew up with 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 siblings. Um. Which, like, if you know the book of, of James in the Bible in the New Testament, um, which is a great book, like, that was actually uh, Jesus' brother, you know mm. what I mean? And it's just just amazing. Yeah, and I said this guy created the word. Like, he, he's not even a guy. He's a, he's God. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like, there's no really gender to God. That's a whole different topic. But it's like this this God who created the, the everything, the heavens, the earth, the things that we cannot see, the things that we can see. Like, he literally created it all, the sun, the moon. Like, he came and, like you were saying, was born in a a place of hay and stuff right. like that. So yeah, so the New Testament is really just it's the new, it's the new revelation. It's literally what God has wanted to happen since the beginning because mm -hmm. we sin. So we needed we needed our sin to be atoned. We needed something for our sin to be forgiven. And basically the Old Testament is leading us to Jesus. Um and then the New Testament is literally Jesus revealed and the afterwards of Jesus and how he's coming back. So basically that's what the New Testament is talking about, how we're forgiven you know what jesus did to so our sin can be forgiven and what's going to happen when he comes back and then how you know all mm -hmm. that all that type of stuff um you also have eyewitness testimonies and that's like um you know basically like when jesus died on the cross you know like there was people who seen that there was people mm -hmm. who seen him get arrested there's people who you know like testify like yes like i seen that and there's also people who testified to seeing him once he rose from the dead so it's not like he rose and didn't go to anybody and then we just get this claim like yeah jesus rose from the dead like nah he appeared to the very people he was hanging out with before he got crucified so true and even like i think it's in one of the gospels that it wasn't like one or two people saw mm -mm. him it was literally at one point i think it's in one of the gospels there was uh, over 500 that saw him yeah. at one time that's crazy you know what i mean so this isn't like 
something about that was held between like 12 people or like a, a few people mm -mm. who like saw Jesus. This was like multitudes of people back in the day saw this, saw him get brutally murdered and crucified. And then from there raised from the dead and like, yo, like what a mess. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then they seen like, they even see the remnant of like, you know how he got crucified. Like he had the holes in his hand. You mm -hmm. feel me? He showed them that like doubt and Thomas, like a lot of people oh, like yeah, you talked about, like, you feel me? Like he showed him the hole, like he seen the hole in his hand, you know what I'm saying? And, and knew like, and that's why he was like, my Lord and my God, you know? So yeah. And then if you want to take over the rest of the facts. Yeah. And I was even going to say like, um, I didn't add this one to the notes, but I want to bring this up that a lot of times we hear like oh, like, this is the gospel and stuff. We'll just let you guys know that the gospel, that word broken down, I believe in the Hebrew means, um, no, sorry, in the Greek, um, that word gospel means good news. And so when it says, oh, like, we're preaching the gospel or this is the gospel, it's literally the good news to humankind um, of the, the redemption and the freedom and the healing and the restoration and the reconciliation that we have through the blood and the work of Jesus Christ. Amen. And so the gospels are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Mm -hmm. At the beginning of the New Testament, right? Just like what Dev said, there's the Old Testament and then you have the New Testament. And it's literally Testament. I was actually looking this up. Testament actually means um, it's, uh, oh man, it was such a good definition. Um, but it was like the, the Testament was the revealing of something. Mm. It was like the old revealing. Yeah. And then, um, and it was, it was something that was, uh, so you have like this Old Testament, it was the old things revealed. And then you have like the New Testament, which is the, like the new things um, revealed. And the so the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke and John are eyewitness testimonies um, of the of the disciples actually encountering Jesus. And this was not something I mean, we'll get into the dates and stuff, but this is not something that happened uh, hundreds of years ago. Like, for example, the Quran, like you have Muhammad on this. Um, Islam came 700 years after Christianity. Yeah. And then after Muhammad was on the scene 700 years later, he passed away. And then another 700 years that's 700 years. That's like generations. Mm -hmm. Then you have the Quran was written. Do you know what I mean? But then in, in Christianity, right, you have there's so much accuracy for the and um, uh, for the Jewish faith. And then as you go and, and just let you guys know, Christianity is the fulfillment of the Jewish faith. Yeah. Um, because in the Jewish faith, there was like this Messiah that needed to come to redeem them from human from from slavery to redeem them from the slavery of sin. Um, and their own wickedness and their own darkness and, and hardness of their heart that they're waiting for this Messiah. And Jesus comes on the scene fulfilling so many Old Testament prophecies when he was here on this earth and saying uh, um, and, and revealing that he was the Messiah. But Jesus wasn't going out on like a street corner be like, I'm the Messiah. I'm the Messiah. He actually spoke in parables. He spoke in ways that people were like, I see the power behind this man, how he's, he's healing the blind, how he's raising the dead, how he's healing the sick, how he's doing these mighty deeds. So he's definitely somebody that God is using, but he's not out here trying to bring honor and glory to himself. He's speaking in, in, in parables, which are figurative stories that aren't black and white. And people be like, what the heck are you talking about? And right. I, the, the heart of Jesus was is that I don't want to just tell you who I am. I want you to search after, to seek after me mm. so that through the seeking after God, you may be revealed by the knowledge, by the, by the Holy Spirit, who he is. For example, like Jesus never, like he didn't really even tell the disciples like, oh, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the son of God. I am the Messiah. He asked them, oh, who do the, who do the, he asked the disciples, he says, who does the crowd say that I am? And he says, oh, well, you're some Old Testament prophet. 
um, you're, you know, you're the, the Elijah who's supposed to come back, mm -hmm. which ended up being John the Baptist, mm -hmm. um, which was the, the Elijah who's supposed to come back. And so, um, yeah, and they were saying these things and then Jesus says, okay, well, that's what the crowd say, but who do you say that I am? So Jesus didn't say, I love this about Jesus. Um, he wasn't trying to seek his own glory. He wanted to review. It was like, it was like a present that he was like, you got to unravel the present and you got to open it up. Like, I don't want to just tell you what's in the box. You have to come and open it. And then Jesus is like, well, who do you say that I am? And then Peter stands up all bold and says, you are the Christ. You are the son of God. You are the Messiah. And Jesus replies back to him joyously. Jesus is like, my man, Peter, right. spirit, like flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my father in heaven has. Yeah. And that's the heart. If you want to come um, and experience the life-giving power of Jesus, experience who he is. A lot of the times it's not going to be black and white. God actually wants some, like something to shift in your heart and a humility to come before you. That's like, man, this is who he is. And this is why it's so important that we're getting into the word of God. Um, because this is actually the revealing, um, of the beauty and the depth of who Jesus is. And I love that it's in a book because a lot of the times people are like, man, we are like, we out of the times of reading. A lot of people don't want to read anymore, yeah. you know, but it's through this, like I call it a book, but he's over here gripping the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> I had to let y'all know. Yeah. I mean, it's, this is, oh man. And I mean, it's just one of the best things in the world, Yeah, but um, but all, and then, uh, this, uh, the Bible, it was written over a 1300 year period. So this isn't something that was like one person sat down and, and wrote this, it mm -hmm. like wrote this. There's over 44, I think there's 44 authors, um, in the whole entire Bible, um, over a 1300 year period. Um, and then if you guys know, uh, Paul, Paul actually writes three fourths of the new Testament. Mm -hmm. Um, and those are called the epistles and yeah. they're letters to the church, to these churches that he came. So um, and it's a very strange thing, well, not strange, but the cool thing is that the, the epistles actually were written first and then the gospels come, which is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So you have, you have Paul who was given so much revelation from the Lord. That's why Paul is real big on like knowledge puffs up, you know, and then Paul was given because of the weightiness of the revelations that Paul was receiving from the Lord and from the spirit. Yeah. Paul, uh, it says that uh, there was a there was a thorn in the flesh that was given to him to almost like humble him and keep him, uh, keep him keep his eyes leaning upon the Lord because of all the the all of the glory uh, glorious weight of revelation that was given to him because the Lord trusted Paul um, to write and here's the thing it wasn't like Paul didn't know that this was going to be something that was going to be used thousands of years ago he didn't he had he had a pastoral. Heart, a pastoral and an apostolic heart. Ap apostle meaning like to go and to change the culture, like messenger from God. That Amen. was literally directly chosen from Jesus, especially at that time. My man, exactly. Um, that was that was good because I wasn't about to say that. So that's that was perfect definition. Um, and he comes in and he he loves these people. Comes in, shares the gospel. Things start to shift and move, and um, and then he leaves and he writes these letters and sends them to the churches. And these letters get kept like. I mean, you have the, like the letter to the church of Galatia, which is Galatians. You have the church of the um, church, uh, the letter to the church of Thessalonica. That was to the Thessalonians. You know, then you have to the church of Ephesus. He wrote a letter to the church of Ephesus. That's the book of Ephesians in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And so and if you see first and second Corinthians or first or second Thessalonians, those are two letters that Paul wrote. He wrote one letter. This is first Corinthians. And to the, that was the church in Corinth. And then he writes another letter. So then you have Second Corinthians, you know. And so when you read the Bible uh, and the epistles, in that sense, you're like, oh, okay, that makes more sense. But it was so profound in the sense of 
what he actually um i'm rapping right now no you're good I'm you're rapping. good like okay, you're cool. you over here like stirring me up oh yeah you're yeah, good. Deb shaking in the thing. <laughs> um, and uh so it's it's beautiful and like man i couldn't even imagine the weight of what paul had to actually carry in the sense of he didn't know that it was going to turn into like you know scripture um but the he didn't have the these um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John to base it off of. I'm sure if he did, he would base it all off of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and I just learned that last night when Gage had told me, like, that the epistles of Paul and, like, what he revealed about Jesus and, like, who Jesus was and why he came and how we're saved by grace and not by works. Like, he literally knew these things without having the books of the life of Christ mm. before him. Like— Cause you could, re cause like when you open the New Testament, the very first four books of the New Testament is the life of Jesus. It's about the life of Jesus, but the Bible is not written in chronological order. Mm -hmm. So the crazy thing is, is that like, like we get the life of Jesus first, then we get the letters of Paul later, or we get the letters written by James and Peter and all that later. But he didn't have the life of Christ to really like look and study. Like he knew it and heard it from people. And of course, like, you know, he was encountered by Jesus, like, you know, on the um the road to Damascus. But he didn't have like l the literal writings that we have now. You know what I'm saying? So like trying to just like correspond that to now, like that's crazy. Because like a lot of the, you know, the revelation that the Lord gives me or like the revealing of scripture that he gives me is reading the gospels and like understanding it from understanding scripture from the life of jesus you know what i mean and studying that so yeah come on and um I'm, we're gonna uh, i want to touch on this one last part there could be a claim that would be like well man how can you trust the new testament if three-fourths of the the new testament which is 27 books of, of the new testament how can you trust the new testament if it most of it was written by one man mm -hmm. well you have to know the history of that man that man was, he was under, he sat under uh, a Pharisee. His name was Gal Galileo, um, uh, or yeah, it was some Galileo or something like that, that this dude was a Pharisee of Pharisee Galileo. And so Paul, um, originally his name was Saul. Um, he once, once he gets saved, he changes his name to Paul. Break down Pharisee for the people. Most definitely. Thank you. Um, so a Pharisee is basically, if you want to think of a Jewish high leader back in the day, it's almost equivalent of like a pastor, but in the synagogue. You know what I mean? Yeah. Someone who's like a, an, uh, an apostle type of person, people that come to for teaching, people who come to for direction. If you want to come and you want to encounter God, usually these are the people that are helping you to do that. Yeah, like they really knew the Old Testament scripture. Like oh. they knew it like the Ooh. back of their hand. L literally like yeah. the back of their hand. They had they could quote like almost the whole book without looking. <laughs> like from from a child, they were they there. It wasn't only to understand it, but to memorize it, to quote it. Yeah. And it was it was a very intensive thing that it wasn't it wasn't something that was done in a few years. It was done in a lifetime. Yeah. So one of the Pharisees of Pharisees, which was like Galileo, Saul sat under him and learned from him. Yeah. And so Saul was so zealous um, for for the Holy Scriptures um, in the Old Testament. Um, and from there, Christianity breaks out as Jesus is coming to be the Messiah. And Saul, you can read in the book of Acts, is like, Saul's like, absolutely not. So yeah. Saul actually persecuted the Christians because he was so zealous. He persecuted the Christians. And some form of fashion was even there when Stephen, Stephen was uh, one of the first martyrs, uh, which is to die for your faith. 
Um, and Paul sat there and watched it happen and 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 praised God for it. Like this dude got stoned to death. Stoned like to death. people was throwing rocks at this dude until he died. Because exactly. Pharisees didn't like Christ. Like they did not like Jesus. Like these were the dudes who like gave Jesus up to the Romans to be crucified. Pharisees, Sadducees, like all the the, the uh, scribes, the high priests, these guys did not like Jesus. They did not like Christianity at all because they were super religious. So when Jesus came on the scene, it kind of like like it was a whole different outlook to what they knew. And because they were so religious in the in the sense that like not religion in a bad way. Well, in their sense, it was religion in a bad way because they were so stuck in their own ways, mm -hmm. thinking that literally what they thought was right when it came to religion. They they walked in that, you know, they didn't have like when anybody tried to challenge what they believed they wouldn't be shifted. But the thing is, Jesus came as the son of God. So it's like you either are for him or you're not. You know what I'm saying? These dudes were so stuck in their ways thinking that they knew it all and they didn't have need to receive from anybody else. They did not accept, you know, the teachings of Christ. Therefore, that's why it was always conflict between the two. Now, Jesus was like, you know, like he always, you know, answered them well and, and answered them in wisdom when they came to him asking questions of Jesus to trip him up to try to get him to contradict himself. But Jesus never did, you know, so. Yeah. And man, like and Paul, like, I mean, from persecuting Christians, killing Christians, he would actually get letters from Jerusalem to go out to other places like Damascus, um, places like um places that were were big cities in the bible and he would go there and he would round up all the christians in chains and take them back to jerusalem probably for judgment for execution for being in jail and so he did that and while he's on he was on his the road to damascus um he has this encounter with the lord this is uh, spoken of in acts do you, do you know the specific book i don't really it's somewhere uh seven i think seven seven i believe so because i think eight is the ethiopian eunuch mm -hmm. so i think seven is about yeah like saw to paul okay so that'd be a good like reference point for you guys if you want to go back and look into into that um and so he has this uh, so saul has this encounter with the lord where light shines all around him and it blinds him and then he has he has jesus speak to him and says paul i mean he says saul saul why are you persecuting me and saul is like uh like wait, what do you mean? What do you mean, Lord? Like, who, who are you? He says, I'm Jesus who you're persecuting. And then Saul was like, done. He was like, oh, snap. And so from that, the people who were with Saul, they saw the, they saw the light, but they, but and they couldn't really like hear the voice and stuff. And Saul ended up being blind. They led Saul by hand back over, might've been to Damascus or, or back to Jerusalem. I'm not really too sure which, but maybe it was Damascus. Um, either way, um, so Saul ended up like not eating, no, didn't drink water, didn't eat food for like three days because he was so distraught. And then God sends, um, God sends, uh, one of his, uh, his people to come and to heal, um, to, to heal Saul and scales came off of Saul's eyes. Mm -hmm. Um, and from there, Saul changed his name to Paul and started to just wildly and beautifully go after the Lord. Um, and he became one of the greatest missionaries, probably one of the, the, I don't want to say the greatest Christian of all time, but mm -hmm. one of the most impactful. Yeah. I mean, I would, so I, th I think it's, it's up to debate, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean, the, yeah. So this man in the sense of like what he carried in the sense of writing three fourths, the new Testament, this wasn't of his own doing. He didn't know that this was happening and he received divine, um, uh, revelation from the Lord to do so. So, yeah. 
Gene, we, we thank God for, for Paul. Amen and amen. And uh, actually, the conversion of Saul to Paul, which is the same person, is just like when the Lord encountered him, is mm -hmm. Acts chapter 9. My bad, I said nine, 7, okay. but it's Acts chapter 9. If anybody wants to go read about that, it's a pretty dope story. So, Amen. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, so I know we're getting into this. Um, man, I wish this story was like question and answer. We had people like, oh, well, can you answer this question? Right. You know, but... um. Hopefully, uh, we pray that we answer uh, everyone's questions, you know? Yeah. Um, and questions are good, guys. You know, yeah. if you have unanswered questions, let that take you deep into the Lord. You yeah. know what I mean? Because if you knew answers to all things, why lean upon the Lord or why look to him? Do you feel me? But when you have questions to these many different things of Scripture, many different things of God, there's questions that I still have about the Lord. Like, yeah. why did you do this? Or how did this take place? Or what is that? And I think it's beautiful because it's like I have to submit my understandings and my human mind that can't fully comprehend the beauty of who he is. Yeah. I submit that to him, you yeah. know? And, and I just let, and I'm just like, you're God. Um, and I think it might be in Isaiah uh, 58 or something where it says your ways and your thoughts are higher uh, than my ways or thoughts, just like how the heavens are higher than the earth, mm. you know? So yeah. I have to submit to him. Yeah. You know? Amen. So, yeah. So we're just going to get into like, you know, the love, the, the, our love of the bible just right. briefly and you so, guys can tell already like, yeah me and Deborah just in this, man. <laughs> i mean we're you know we've been going for quite a while now just about you know the the facts of it you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. so basically just to give like my rundown i never was familiar with the bible you know previously i think we talked about that episode one like i never really mm -hmm. i don't know if i ever you know read the bible like as a you know a, like a kid in high school and stuff like that until like i seen my grandma with the bible in her bed and i started sleeping with it i really had no familiarity with the bible um so what and 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 i was never a book reader like when i tell y'all like <laughs> i did not finish one book in high school like of mice and men i know that's probably one of the most popular books of all time i i didn't even read that book in high school like I, I'm not a book reader at all. Like I could read like when it comes to like things I'm interested about, like animals and stuff like that. But for me, books, no, no. So like when it comes <laughs> to the Bible, like it's crazy that like this is a book that I could read every day and enjoy reading because I've never liked reading an actual like hardcover book. You know what I'm saying? So it's 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 quite different for me. Not so much more now, but it's still like funny because I'll think about it like, man, like I'm really reading this and I really enjoy this. Mm -hmm. But you hand me a natural like a normal book, even if it's a Christian book. Like, just a normal book that somebody wrote, like, I don't really have the same excitement or joy or desire to even read it. You feel me? So it's like, for me, it's like this thing literally is, it's so perfect, if that makes sense. Like, it's a book that, like, kind of explains to you who you are, where you came from, and your purpose. Like, I know our good friend Brian Gomez, like, I know he be, um... Shout out to B-Rad. Yes, sir. He be saying something, bro. I can't think of, like, he he says, like, you know what I'm talking about? He says, like, purpose, destiny. Uh, You know what I'm talking about? He mentions it quite a lot. I should call him right now. <laughs> Brian is a theological... That boy, a theologian. Ma master. He is a theologian. So it basically gives you purpose, destiny. Like, it tells you all these things, you know, where you came from, how all of this started even before you were here, where you're going after, you know, like, what, like, how do you determine where you, not how, not how we determine, but what determines where we go, you know what I'm saying? And it's all wrapped up in Christ, you know what I'm saying? That's what the New Testament is letting us know, like, we are saved by Christ, we were created by Christ, and we go to heaven through Christ and only through Christ. He is the way, come the on, truth, and the life. No on, one comes to on, the Father. Man 
God the Father except through Jesus. You know what I'm saying? He's the only way. I'm like that's why he's dancing, man. <laughs> I'm gonna start praying. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why it says like you know narrow is the way that leads to everlasting life, basically, and like wide is the road that leads to destruction because you have all these different like religions and faiths that are empty like they don't have a savior it's just based off of good works but then you have the bible which is the only faith that has a savior which is jesus christ and he he paved the way for us he died on the cross he who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of god through him so basically it's like a transaction he became like us even though he never sinned like let me emphasize he never sinned yeah. but he became sin on the cross because he he like he took on the wrath of God that we deserve because of our sin because God is so perfect and good that we he can't sin and God can't go together so Jesus took on the wrath of God becoming sin so we can become like him so it's literally like a transaction Jesus became like us so we can become like him amen so that's just really my love for the bible like i mean i could continue to rap but like it's just something that's so perfect and and comes together so perfectly and i think a lot of the things that people question is like okay well the bible was written by how many different men but let's just say let's just say me gage and 58 other dudes so 60 people come together in total and we're like yo let's write a book and try to get this joint as perfect as you can bro that book will be messed up that joint will have so many errors and issues because we are, I mean, yes, like we're, we're spirit filled men, but we already have the holy scriptures of God. Mm -hmm. God is not going to add to the scriptures anymore. So the thing about it is if you get natural men who's not, you know, like if you're, if especially now, if, if it's people trying to come up with a book that is like a quote unquote inspired by God, it will never be perfect. So that's why you have so many different flaws in different religions and in their book like you know judaism and it's not to bash people i don't want to bash people you know if anybody listen to this of a different faith i don't want to bash you i'm just giving you what i believe in and i believe that this is truth and i believe that wholeheartedly i've experienced jesus in a way and i pray that you will too but the thing about like judaism they believe that the messiah hasn't come but it's like literally everything you read and your like your you know they read the old testament everything that you read in the old testament is literally pointing to Jesus. Mm -hmm. You feel me? And then you look at like Islam and I'm not bashing Islam because I have family who proclaims to be Islam. I have friends who proclaim to be Islam. You know what I'm saying? So it's not that I hate y'all or anything like that. Like I love y'all. I just don't, I don't think what y'all believe in is true. So I'm going to yeah. just say that. And I think if you, if you were to take the, the Bible and mm -hmm. you were to stack it up against the Quran and the, the, the historical accuracy mm -hmm. and just the, um, the like even even for example like after after jesus's resurrection and jesus going back up to heaven mm -hmm. you have in less than a hundred years this is in a lifetime in a lifetime between between 50 a.d after jesus passed all the way up to like i think 80 you have like basically almost the whole new testament already written yeah you know what i mean so in a span of like of, of a span of like less than like less than 80 years yeah you have the, you have the new testament already written yeah in in the and then Hundreds of years later, seven hundred years. Then Muhammad comes on the scene after he passes away. Then another seven hundred years, and then the Quran is written. And they actually, um, from what I remember, um, a lot of the original uh, text of the Quran have already been destroyed, so they don't have any original text. Mm. That's from what. That's from from. I'm almost one hundred percent positive on that one. Yeah, you know. But even like guys, I mean, when it comes to Jesus being the the Jewish Messiah, like mm -hmm. I'm gonna read. Um, just let me hear my flipping my flipping my, that Bible. Flipping my Bible. Um, 
you know, um, like, let me read, like, one thing, like, in the Jewish uh, faith, a lot of people will consider Isaiah 53 as a forbidden chapter. And what I mean by what I mean by that is something that, so technically, when you wouldn't think of a Messiah to be, you would think of Messiah to be like a king. He comes in, he comes in, you know what I mean, looking all stylish, mm-hmm. looking all cool, sweeping yeah. people off their feet, doing great, mighty things, and, and, and destroying um, um, the enemies and everything. And that's what they believed that the Messiah was going to come because the Romans overtook the Jerusalem. And so you have this oppression that's coming over. So they're believing the Messiah is going to come and actually set them free from Rome. But the thing about it, though, is that Jesus, his desire wasn't necessarily like he did come to, like he in, in the sense later on. Uh, I mean, they were oppressed because because of their own hard hearted, hard heart towards God. Yeah. That was kind of like you reap what you sow. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? In the sense of how they turned from God and how oppression came over the land. And that's all the way throughout the Old Testament that that was happening. But Jesus actually came to fight a bigger battle, and that was the battle of sin. And that's what scripture yeah. talks about. So even in the Jewish faith, if you look at Isaiah 53, um, let me say, um, this is about Jesus coming. And if you read this, tell me this doesn't sound like Jesus. And this was, Isaiah was written 700 years. It's funny that everything keeps being 700. But Isaiah was written, uh, it was documented 700 years before Jesus came on the scene. And so um, I'm going to read some of this. It's like, um, for he grew up before him like a young plant. And like a root out of dry ground, he had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised. He was rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men, they hide their faces. He was despised and we live and we didn't esteem him of anything. Surely he has borne our griefs. He has carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him as stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was, he, but here, listen to this. This is ver- verse five. But he was pierced. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the cha- chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. Woo, yeah. man. I, I was like, I literally actually, I was getting like a tear to my eye. Like man. reading that, I'm not even going to fade. Man. But like, guys, if you hear that, like go back and read Isaiah 53, like verses two through five. Really, you can read all of Isaiah 53. But mm-hmm. when you go to, um, if you speak with someone in, in, in the Jewish uh, faith and they're like, oh, well, you're like the Messiah. Um, they're still waiting on him. And if you see this Isaiah 53, like this is this like, it's all brought together that this is that they're talking about the Messiah, like one that's to come. Um, and it's not, he's not him coming with all glory and power and honor and all of that. No, that was re- what was received in heaven um, for Jesus. But no, he was, it says in verse three, he was despised. He was rejected. Um, he was a man of sorrows. He was acquainted with grief as one from whom men, the men hid their faces from him. He was despised. Um, and then it even says here, ver- like verse five, and, and just to let you guys know, crucifixion was not a thing in Isaiah's time. It says, but he was pierced. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. Yeah. God, I got an amen man, in the house. The chastisement that brought us peace. Come wow. on, man. You know? That's good. And so, like, with me and Dev, like, and I think with a lot of me and Dev's friends, guys and girls, this is a life-altering book. It's a life-altering book. And later on, we're going to we're going to speak um, on some things about how um, it was like, wh- how do you start reading the Bible or how does the how do you, or let's say you're some like you're a somewhat of a mature believer 
and then you start getting you start getting the Bible starts becoming dry to you. We'll get into more of that later. Yeah. But let's just honor God and the beauty of who he is about him giving us this beautiful and holy book. And we're going to get into the facts behind that. But um, we're going to get into some scripture um, to actually help to back that up. And so the, one of the first scriptures um, that I'm going to look at, um, me and Dev are going to are going to. We're going to slash and dash this thing right here. Is uh, yeah, Hebrews 4.12. If you want to go to Hebrews 4.12, go ahead and uh, flip that uh, Bible. Flip that Bible. That yes, Bible. Sir. I have one of my manager. Uh, my manager, He, um, I work at an Acura dealership, and my manager, he actually, he's a believer as well, praise God. Um, and I remember him telling me, oh, Bible, you know what that means? It's um, believer's instructions before leaving earth. Oh, yeah, I think I heard you that heard before. That, right? He told me that, and I was like, okay, okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Someone get this man a pulpit, you know what I mean? Nah, for real. But, um, yeah, so, guys, this is Hebrews 4.12. Many of you guys have already heard this, but really, like, chew on the words um, and see what this is. It says, for the word of God, this is Bible. So, for the word of God, it's living, it's active, it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit of joints and of marrow and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart and no creature is hidden from his sight but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account man and i believe if i was to sum up this whole thing um and if any of you guys know hebrews 4 is all about rest and I love how the author of Hebrews goes into Hebrews chapter four about this whole thing being about the rest that we have in Jesus and how we need to, be, by us being obedient and us actually resting in Jesus and actually taking that time to rest, that he throws in um, this verse that from chapter 12 to 13 that, yes, we rest and we rest into the word of God. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, Hebrews 12, it's, it's, first it says like the word of God, it's living, it's active, it's sharper any two-edged sword. And when you think of a two-edged sword, it's sharp on two ends. And when it goes, it pierces you to the division of soul and of spirit, right? So you have your soul, which is like your mind, your will, your emotions. And then you have your spirit, which is what gives you life, allow you, allowing your body to move and to, to breathe and to actually have a being. That's what God put inside of you. But our spirit can either be darkened by sin or it could be revived and made whole through communion with the Holy Spirit. And then later on, it says of joints and of marrow that not only is it things that we can't see, but also the Bible actually comes into the things that we do see joints and of marrow, our flesh, like the Bible even comes into that aspect. You know, I'm reminded of like first Thessalonians, I believe it's five, like verse 24 that says, may you be blameless in the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ through your soul, through your spirit um, and your and your body, like all three. Yeah. So the scripture is like it gets into all of that. And then it says. Um, and it says it helps you to, to discern the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And so this is, is real. And just to let you guys know how real it is, I have a, 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 a coworker of mine. He was an unbeliever. I believe that like he's, he's coming into being a believing. Do I necessarily say that he's saved or a Christian? Not really. But I have a coworker of mine. This, he doesn't work with it for us anymore. But I remember I was telling him, I was like, bro, you should really check out um, – you should really check out the book of James because he was telling me, he's like, bro, like what, what Bible, um, you know, I, I'm sorry. He could be saved. I really don't know. It's not for me to be like, oh, he's saved or he's not. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm off by what I just said. I told him I was like to read, to read the book of James. Right. And I remember when I was telling him to read the book of James, um, he was like, all right, bet it's like five chapters. He, he goes and he reads it. He comes back to me. He's like, bro, I felt terrible as a person. And then I had to like explain to him. I was like, 
it's not it's it yes it's like it, it shows the reality of how wicked we are but it shows the redemption of how what we can have is in jesus you know what i mean um and so it, it and that was basically a perfect thing like he read the book of james and he was just like wow like i've never had anything like you know tell me how and what and it is to like what is sin you know what i mean and so he was convicted in the heart and the holy spirit is what convicts and you feel just you feel the godly grief over your sin and you realize how you're not right with god and you want to get right with god you know and so that's real i mean i don't know if you have anything to add on that hebrews 4 12 no i think it's just like like what you were saying like it divides the soul and the spirit but then also the joints and the marrow so it literally changes your inside but then it also changes your outside. So what I mean by that is it changes how you think, how you feel, like inward, like like describing how it changes your inside. It it changes your thoughts, how you think, how you feel, how you react to things like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, what do you desire? But then it will also change your outward, which is the joints and the marrows, meaning it'll change how you how you act, how you walk, how you talk, how you speak. Come like, on. you know what I'm saying? It, it, it literally changes both. So it's not just one or the other. It literally changes who you are but it also changes how you are you know what i mean so that's crazy that was good yeah that was good the next verse we're going to help break down is john chapter one so if you if you do have your bibles if you want to turn there turn there y'all turn there it's like a bible study you know john yeah it's kind of dope i like it yeah nah this is different this is john chapter one go to john chapter one (laughs) so guys this is john chapter one verse one um it says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God, and the word was God. Hold up. <laughs> what the heck does that mean? <laughs> so let's get this. So when it's saying the word, it's talking about the Bible, right? It's talking about the Bible, but it's also, rep- this is, um, it, it's talking about the Bible, but it's also referring the Bible to Jesus. So yeah. break it down here. Wait. It says, in the beginning was the word, right? Who was in the beginning? Jesus. Jesus was in the beginning, and it's it's manifesting Jesus as the Word of God. Yeah. That Jesus is the Word of God that came into flesh. And I, there's a verse that will, I will help to break that down too. It says, "In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God." Hold up. Okay, so you have Jesus. Jesus is the Word. Jesus was with God, and then it says, "And the Word was God." Whoop. So that's saying that it's strange because it's saying that Jesus was with God, but it, it's also saying that Jesus is God. And that is true. Some people have a hard time thinking like, oh, well, Jesus is the son of God. Well, you got to think about it. That is a title that was given to Jesus, just like how son Jesus is the son of man. Because how Jesus came upon the earth, he came as if he was the son of God. Do you know what I mean? He came as the son of man to help redeem um, mankind. So when Jesus comes and he actually gives birth through Mary, right? And God, the father being the, um, uh, the Holy spirit coming and impregnating, um, um, Mary, um, like basically drop that seed. And then through there, Jesus becomes, he is the son of God that manifests to come, but he's also God in the flesh as well, but he's also God in the spirit at the same time. It's pretty wild. Yeah. And so when it's talking about the word, it's talking about Jesus, but it's also talking about this. Now, if you want to skip, if you want to skip all the way to, to verse 14, this is going to help to bring things together. Verse 14, it says, and the word became flesh and it dwelt among us and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. Come on. And if you want to think about it, the Bible that you hold, the Bible that we read, it's Jesus is the manifestation 
of the Bible. I, I see this picture sometimes on Instagram where it's like a Bible and then the Bible, you know, like evolution, it's like a monkey and then it goes like into a bigger monkey, bigger monkey. And then it's like a standing human. Yeah. But real evolution is actually the Bible. Right. And the Bible is changing, changing, changing. And it actually turns into a man. Right. And that man came and dwelt among us. And this is the word became flesh. And it dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And Jesus even says, if you want to see the Father, if, like, to see the Father is to see me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, he, uh, Jesus says that in, in the Gospels. So, yeah. Um, no, nah, this is good. This is very good. And it's like, it's crazy because, like, it's like literally Jesus came to to basically bring the the word alive before people you know what i mean like mm -hmm. the word of god has never changed it's it, it never you know it never you know um contradicts itself it never does any of this so then to see a man to come and to walk the word of god out perfectly like because mm -hmm. he is the word of god so he walks scripture out perfectly in order to be perfect so when he went to the cross a perfect you know a perfect, you know, son of God who is crucifying himself for us so we can be made, you know, perfect in the eyes of God. Because, you know, now once we're baptized into Christ, we have put on Christ. So now God sees us as Christ. No, Amen. he doesn't see us literally as Jesus, but he sees Christ when he looks at us because we represent ourselves with Christ now. You know what I mean? Like Amen. we're on his side. We're on his team, you know? Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, nah, this is good. So. Nah, this is good stuff. So I hope this is making sense in the sense of the word of God being something that pierces the soul, pierces your flesh, pierces who you are, and, and brings, almost in a sense, brings division so that you can actually know what is of the world and of Satan and of darkness, but you can also know what's of God, what's of what's of the glory and the beauty and in the light of heaven. Amen. Do you know what I mean? Um, and the Bible helps you. You know, I was having a conversation with one of my coworkers. I'm praying that he gets, like, saved. Um, but I was praying with one of my coworkers and, and, um, uh, he came up to me and he was telling me about this story about a woman and everything. And he was talking and basically overall, he was talking about, you know, well, a lot of people just want to believe in whatever they want to believe, you know, we're like, oh, I don't want to believe in the Bible. Mm -hmm. I want to believe in what I want to believe in right. what, what I believe is what's true. Right. And it sounds good, I guess, from a, from a worldly perspective, it's like, well, do what you want to do. Believe in whatever you want to believe. If you believe you're a woman, you're a woman. If you believe you're a guy, you're a guy. If you believe you're a dog, you're a dog. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. well, whatever you believe, if you say, like, I'm looking at Dev's shirt right now. He wearing a, a gray shirt. But if Dev believes, like, nah, this is a black shirt. <laughs> well, okay. I mean, technically it's gray, but he's saying it's black. So I'm just going to be okay with his opinion. Here's the thing. And I helped to break down my coworker. And he was like, oh, snap. Here's the thing. A lot of p us as humans, we we struggle with authority we don't like to submit ourselves you know what i mean we even have trouble even submitting ourselves to even our boss we have trouble submitting ourselves to our our parents so when it comes to a place of submission a lot of uh, the problem about just believing whatever you want to believe and believing that to be truth you make yourself your own god unfortunately you know what i mean and so because of that you know what I mean? You're what you're saying is your way is the highway, and and that's truth. But you have people like Hitler. You have people like what happened in Jonesboro. You know what I mean? With, with this pastor who like coming up with all this cultish stuff that killed million, uh, killed many many hundreds of people. And then you have Hitler who killed thousands upon thousands. You know what I mean? With what he believed to be truth, and even white people who were lynching and 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 murdering black people, all based of of an ideology that white is the pure race, and that so. For you to for so for someone to say, oh well, I can just believe in whatever I want to believe, you know what I mean? Um, you're you're making yourself your own god, and then you're also giving the other person who believes that like white people are the are the pure race or 
or to you know Hitler who killed um, um, thousands of thousands of, of Jews. I don't know if it's millions, but a lot of um, thing, and that was wicked. You're giving him a right to say like, oh, well, that's okay. So we have to submit to a higher authority. Um, and so that's where we get from our, our right and our wrong. You know, like we as humans, we can't come up with what's right and wrong because people, you, debates and wars and everything happen all the time based off of I believe this and you believe that. You know what I mean? But we need a higher power to submit to, and that's God. Amen. You know? Amen. And that's really good. So, yeah, I think um, from there, we're just going to kind of, you know, go into the fact like, okay, so like has the Bible changed over time and why is there so many translations of the Bible? And I know you're going to break down like has it changed over time. So break mm -hmm. that down, brother, man. Brother, man. Well, I'm going to say right here that right. Uh, no, let me stop. Uh, I've been hanging around with my friend Brad too much. Uh, Bradley, me, yeah, my man, just be, I just be talking to him out of nowhere. He'd just be like, all right, well, let's just get on the, the thing. I'd be like, I'd join me having me geeking, man. Anyway, shout out to, to Bradley Mejia. Yes, sir. That's my Missouri. Big Brad. That's our little thing. Anyway, um, claims against the Bible. I hear this all the time. Oh, well, the how can you believe the Bible? The Bible's been changed over time. Okay. So when it comes to the whole aspect of like, well, how do you know if the Bible has been the same? Because it was written like thousands of years or, you know, thousands of years ago. It's like, how do you know if it's the same Bible that it is today? Well, the thing is, is that um, the Bible is actually one of the best kept books in the whole entire world. Um, it is something that has been so protected. It has been something that has been uh, so um, like historically um, archaeologically, it's something that has that is so easy to prove as being something that hasn't changed. And the easiest way to see, okay, is the Bible the same today as it was thousands of years ago when it was original? Well, let's just take the Bible that's in English. Let's translate it back over to Hebrew and to Greek because the Old Testament was written in Hebrew. The New Testament was written in Greek. Let's just translate it back over to a scholar who knows these languages, who's very multilingual, and let's see if it's the same. And they did do that. And the Bible has not changed. And the thing about it, though, is that we have thousands of manuscripts. Manuscripts are what was written back in the day on scrolls. And so they have fragments. They have whole frag. They have whole scrolls. And, and so um, the, they, um, they actually had a archaeological find of something called the Dead Sea Scrolls. Um, this was around 1946 to 1947. And basically the story was there was a shepherd boy who lost his sheep sounds very bible it was just so funny wait this, yeah i thought you was about to like reference to david or something like that yeah no this was actually like like supposedly like, this is this is the true story on how they found the dead sea scrolls wow the dead sea scrolls um it was a, like a bunch of caves by the dead sea um and in these caves um, basically there was a shepherd boy lost his sheep he's going after his sheep he sees one of the caves he doesn't know if the sheep is in there um a little scary going into a cave so he takes like a rock or something, and he throws it into the thing just to hear if he makes any noise or, you know, yeah. any type of thing. He, <laughs> he hears um, pottery break, and he's like, well, he heard like a weird noise of something breaking. He's like, what is that? So the, the boy goes into the cave and finds all of these super old, like, pottery things with, like, and it looked like scrolls. And he's like, oh, snap, like, this must be something super important. So he, like, contacts whoever i don't know who you contact especially in the 1940s yeah i don't know like so he contacts these people so you have all these people from different universities people from all over the world they all come in and they found in 11 caves thousands of old manuscripts of of, of biblical history 
of the books of the Bible. And this was a huge thing for the Bible because it, it, it almost like it almost crushed any argument of the Bible being manipulated or changed over time. And so there's like, um, there's 5,800, this is 5,800 Greek manuscripts. There's 10,000 Latin manuscripts. There is 9,300 other manuscripts in other languages. And I'm sure there's more as well. This is only a small fragment of that. And so in this, in this aspect, all that you need to do is take the modern day Bible and go to the thousands of other manuscripts that we have and put them together. And the beautiful thing is that we have thousands of, if, if we had one manuscript, that's not enough because we would need multiple because some of them are so old. Like, like some have like blemishes, some are ripped and, and broken. And, and so they have to take these manuscripts and they have to put them back together um, with some uh, with other manuscripts manuscripts and they all come together and actually figure out what the overall picture is and so they have a very accurate understanding of what scripture is um, and what it was back in the day so then you just have people that would just take this uh, take the Bible and refer it back to the old uh, language um, and then they found that the modern day Bible is actually it has been the same like it's been kept over time and it's it's something that's so beautiful. Um, a really good movie, if you want to get more into this about just the historical accuracy, there's a movie on Netflix. I know everybody be on that Netflix, you know what I mean? So there's a movie on Netflix. It's called The Case for Christ. Mm. It's a true story, and it goes into, and it's basically about an atheist who doesn't mess with God, doesn't want any of that. Basically, uh, his wife ends up having an encounter where uh, the daughter gets uh, saved from almost dying. Um, and then from the movie, um, the uh, Lee Strobel, who's a, he actually was, he was a, he was a um, he was a journalist for the Chicago Tribune, which is all of this is a true story. And he did a lot of detective work and whatnot, um, ends up spending like half the movie. He's like, well, I'll just prove this thing to be wrong. And so he gets into all these facts of Christianity and at the end becomes a believer. Beautiful story. And also, it's really good if you uh, have issues like believing the Bible is true or maybe be a little skeptical. Or honestly, I just I watched it because I just wanted to grow more in my knowledge um, of the whole thing. And it moved me. Very beautiful movie. Would really encourage you to watch it. It's called The Case for Christ. Um, um, and there's also a book for it and everything. But it's on Netflix, The Case for Christ. Anyway, but yeah, um, that's kind of the, the whole gist of the whole thing about uh, has it changed? We just really have to go back and we have to look and see um, the old manuscripts and not only from the Dead Sea Scrolls, but there are also other manuscripts that were found even before. But the Dead Sea Scrolls really just kind of helped us get a really good understanding of how accurate the Bible is of today. So, amen. That's amen. good, Pastor. That's thank, good. Thank you, Pastor. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, um, so basically he was going over, like, the manuscript. So now I'm going to kind of get into, like, the, the translation point of view because I know a lot of people, they, they think translation is, like, kind of a bad thing, which, like, I mean, it's definitely not a bad thing. But I could kind of, you know, I could, I could kind of understand why some people would see that if they don't truly know. So the thing about translation, I myself, I personally read, like, I, I have on my bed, and not to say, like, I'm this you know, type of guy, but like, like I literally he read that type of guy. So pure hearted, man, but seriously. Yeah. Like, go ahead. Tell him. So I have like two Bibles, like always on my bed. And like, it's not like, I mean, I just do, I don't know why. Like, but I have like a King James version, which was like written in like the 1600s, I believe. And then I have, um, the ESV and I don't, I think the ESV was written in the 1900s sometimes. So not very long ago. I don't know. 
I think it's the 1900s. I should have, yeah. So the 19, so I have two different Bibles that were written in like like 300 years apart, pretty much, and they're the same. You know, it's the same message overall. They're just different translations. So what a translation really is is literally you're just not updating the Bible. I don't really like saying updating, but you're kind of just you're 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 translating it in a way that we could read today because when you read in the king james version you're reading like the shakespeare type of english like the 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 thou the you know all that type old english all that old english you know Mm -hmm. what i mean so like you'll read it and it's like you're kind of reading for like a shakespeare play or something like that so you know when you're a younger believer you're like yo like i don't really get this you know what i'm saying but then you could read the esv and of course that because that was being you know because that was written in the 1900s of course that's more like modern day english Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so personally i like to read the kjv i don't know why i think it's just more like I don't know. Holy. I just, no, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> I just like reading it. And I think, I mean, different translations just use different choice of words. And that's just personally, I like that. And I also like to read it because you just get more of an understanding of what was like the original Hebrew and Greek language. You know what sure. I mean? You're just getting a different perspective. You know what I mean? It's the same overall message. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's pointing to the same exact thing. And you do have some translations out there that are a little iffy. You feel me? So you need to be aware. That's why you also, you know, it's good. The, that the read multiple translations to make sure that the one translation that you're reading you know isn't like you know wabi like you say basically yeah, like wabi. it's not iffy it's not off careful you know with the I mean? wabi translations yeah nah so just to kind of give a rundown the bible was written in hebrew a little bit of aramaic and greek i think you uh said that already um and there are many manuscripts from not long after Jesus walked the earth in the Bible, you know, of the Bible, showing and proving that the Bible we have now indeed is the same Bible from back then. And translations is when people take the Bible from the original language and make it like readable for people who speak different languages or just That's has cool. like an updated, you know, like their their language has just moved with the culture in a sense. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like we don't say I can't think like it's even even with slang like we don't say like the same slang words 10 years apart. You know mm-hmm, what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like people used to say like um, I can't even think of one, you know, that's uh, or even just swag. A, yeah, swag. <laughs> swag. A lot of people I remember being in like middle school. Swag probably was like my number one word in my vocabulary. I don't use swag anymore. I you know, what I'm saying? I say too. dope and stuff. You know what I'm saying? So, of course, like. We're probably not going to be able to like like, you know, people 50 years from now are not going to be able to relate with the word swag because they don't understand what that means. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's the same way with the Bible. We can't open a Bible that's, you know, from like the 1300s. We're not going to understand that Bible. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? Because we speak a completely it's the same language, but it's different words. Words change over time. Like, for example, I think it's first Corinthians 13 that talks about the uh, about love. In the KJV version, the King James, that was written in the 1600s, I think, that uses the word charity for love. But then in the updated ESV version, you have the simple word love. And it's funny because when you, when like the word charity, when we use the word charity now, we don't think of it of love. We think of charity like, you know, like um, organizations and stuff like that. Mm. But when we think of love, we just think of love. You know what I'm saying? So it's simple things like that, that the Bible, you know, it's good to have multiple translation and for Bible to be translated. You know what I'm saying? Good. But then, um, you know, um, so why are there so many translations? We kind of went over that. But we have so many translations because even the English, the English language, for example, changes over time. So the Bible is being updated as our language just changes. You know what I mean? And then um, how are translations translated? Like 
what what literally is a translation how do people go about it so i was like searching this up and it's three different ways that like people come together to translate a bible it's not like they just read and they be like oh like i'm gonna just be this one person who just you know makes this translation whatever i want it to be it's right. a group of people yeah, who come not... together they look at the original text and then you could do it's three different like processes you can go through it's the formal equivalence the functional equivalence and the optimal equivalence Whoa. <laughs> i know right that's a lot awesome. i didn't know this so the formal is focusing on translating word for word um to be as literal as possible so basically the esv is like that yeah, I think uh, it meant, yep, ESV, KJV, NASB is these translations. Well, some of the many translations that do the formal equivalents. Basically, when they translate, they try their best to translate the original Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek languages into, like, modern-day languages. Mm -hmm. So they try their best to try to find words that match up, like, that literally mean the same thing. And that's hard because the original languages are just so much more different than what we speak now. Mm -hmm. And from what I heard, those languages are so rich. One word could mean, like, five different things. Yeah, I have heard that too. Which they can now, but the funny thing about it now, English words, we use so many different words for slang. So usually one word just probably has, like, you know besides the exceptions one word usually just means one thing compared to mm -hmm. the hebrew and greek and things like that where one word can mean so many different things depending on the context so that's why it's so important to also know the context of the bible and what you're reading so when you're reading a book or a chapter you know you have to know what came before that chapter you know what time were they in while they were writing this what did they have in mind while writing this who were they writing this to what would what was the purpose they were trying to accomplish for writing this That's good and that will help you to understand like what you're reading but then you have the functional equivalence and that's focusing on the thought for thought. So not so much literal word for word, but it's like I'm just trying to get you to understand, but I may not use the exact wording. So it's like if Gage said something that, you know, only like a, a college professor would understand, but I understood and I'm trying to relate it to a five year old. I'll take literally what he said, but I'll use different wording to explain it to the five year old child. That's good. So it's a thought for thought. It's like I'm going to take something that's kind of complicated, but I'm going to kind of give it to you in a more simple way. I'm going to I'm going to chew the meat, but spit out the bones for you. Basically, I'm learning right now. This is awesome. <laughs> and those uh, processes is more so like the translations of like the NLT, your NIV. And those are like very I know those are very popular translations that like a lot of people use now. Mm -hmm. um, and then the third process is called the optimal equivalence. And that is a balance of word for word and thought for thought. Um, you know, so basically it's like you're kind of implementing both. So you're trying to use the little, the little like wording, but then you're also trying to use a thought for thought. So it's just a balance of both. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, an example of that is the HCSB. I've never heard of that before. Well, I don't know what that, that, that is. Yeah. That's how you know it's endless translations, but it's just, um, you know, it's, it's literally just people coming together and just trying to get a better understanding of the original text, which is a beautiful thing because there is an importance of us knowing the original language as well. Mm -hmm. And it's not that we have to become these scholars, but it will be great because of the simple fact that we're we're trying to we're, we're trying to get a better relationship with God. If you're if you have a spouse you're going to try to know everything about that person in order to love them well. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like we should definitely give all of our effort to God like we would do to a spouse because he's more important than a spouse. Like, Amen. let's be real. You feel me? So we literally need to go after God like 
unlike anything else. You know what I'm saying? Like even scripture points out like there's no one like you. There's no rock beside, you know, you, God. So it's Amen. like if there's really no one like you, let's show that in our actions. And that's something that I need to take into account as well because I definitely don't, you know, I'm not perfect in that aspect either. So, yeah, that's just the thing about translations and why there's so many different translations. There's literally people coming together to, to better understand scripture because, yeah. of course, like we, you know, when we're born into different, you know, nations and different places, like we're not going to understand what the Bible was originally written in, of course. So it's people translating it into a way that we can understand, but then we also become studious. We become students. We become disciples of Jesus, and then we go and learn, you know, what the mm. original says. And we don't, I mean, it's not that I'm saying that you have to, but it's a great thing. Like, I know when I was reading earlier about, like, the facts and, and you know, how, like, I mean, literally it's the inspired word of God, and it was written It was written in those languages, in the Hebrew, a little bit of Aramaic in the Old Testament. Um, I think the book of Daniel and uh, it was a couple other like you know verse I think one verse of Jeremiah or something like that I was reading and then the uh, New Testament was written in Greek so it's like you know we it, it's a beautiful thing to go back and look at those languages and learn you know somewhat about it and it's a beautiful it's beautiful languages too to truly understand and and just to see the words and how it's used and just all that you know that good stuff and um I also have a verse um in 2 Timothy 2 verse 15 do your best to present yourself to God as one approved a word worker who has no need to be ashamed rightly handling the word of truth so what mm. this is saying is like you know do your best to present yourself to god as one approved like god is our father and he sees that he sees the effort that we put in into this walk of faith you know what i'm saying so it's probably going to please him to know like okay that 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 you know that child of mine he's really going after me like not only is he just taking what he has but he's going even deeper by going to the different languages Amen. and it's not that it's like you know I, I, i'm trying to bribe god like god like i'm doing all these things for you but it's just a beautiful thing you know it's just like you know don't don't rule out you know those little things just going after god even deeper you know so it's not like i don't want to get into a part like a thing of like you know we're working to be safe like no you know what i mean so it's That's just good. it's a beautiful thing you know and um yeah so that's really just let me ask you this so i hear this all the time people you know download the bible app mm -hmm. if you don't have the bible app absolutely that that is a great uh, um just plan to help you start reading the bible yep. but what would you say when people when they download the bible app or they're interested in getting a bible what would you say are some good translations to go after some good translate that's a very good question i would say personally i think the esv is a very good translation i think the esv um the ESV is probably my number one recommendation because of the simple fact that it's probably the most modern, but it's the one that's kind of word for word. Now, there's one translation that's called the NCV. Um, I use this on the Bible app. I think it's called the New Century Version. That's a pretty good Bible also to use, and I think that was made for kids, so it's very easy to understand. Awesome. But I would recommend you when you're reading that version to kind of have like the ESV or something like that kind of, you know, side by side. So when you're reading that and if you have a question about that go to the esv you know what i mean or go to the you know the new king james version that's the king james version but just kind of like revised to be better understood you know what i mean or the nasb i heard that that's probably one of the most literal word for word you know um original language to english translation like that we that. have i like i like yeah nasb that and nasb i think it's i believe it's new american standard bible, bible. Yeah. yeah yep so um i yeah those are the ones that i recommend so definitely esv um if you if it's hard like to, to read the ESV, maybe try to NCV with another Bible, uh, like, you know, side by side or the NASB. But that one's a little bit more deeper. So the ESV is definitely my uh, recommendation. Mm. So, yeah.
No, good stuff. Good stuff. Well, guys, uh, I know we're at a, you know, we're getting over an hour. Um, we're going to finish with this last part, which I do believe is so important. And what that is, is, okay, so let's say, well, how does a young believer start reading the Bible? How does that happen? And then also, let's say if you're a mature believer, how does a mature believer actually, you know, let's say they're going through a time of like, you know, it's just the Bible's getting dry. I definitely have been there several yeah. times. Yeah. Um, if anything, I feel like I just got out of that, you know, a few months ago and my Bible reading has just been on another another place. So yeah. um, what would you say, like in the sense of like when it comes to those things like? Okay, uh, I got some verses for this. This is funny. You know, I'll be having the verses. So uh, this one, this verse right here is these are both out of the book of Psalms 119. And the beautiful thing about this uh, chapter, it's endless verses, but it's literally all talking about the word of God, the testimonies of God, the statutes of God, the judgments of God. It's all based around the word of God. So the beautiful thing about this, it gives you a lot of insight about how God thinks about his word, mm. how... um. You know how how he exalts his word, and I think Amen. there's a there's another verse in a, in a different psalm that says like you know he puts his word above his own name, yeah. and that speaks of God because it's not so much that it's it's the thing like it for me like people are going to know me and they're going to they're going to um they're going to identify me based off of my actions. Yeah. So it's not so much Devin is a good name, it's what does Devin do to give him the good character. You know what I'm saying? It's True. it's what I give out is basically how people are going to see me. So it's the same with God. His we 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 kind of we see God based off of what he speaks and because of what he speaks is so perfect, so good, so loving, so holy, that's how we look at him. You know what I mean? So that's why he lifts his 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 um, word above his name. But then in Psalms 119, what I would say for the mature believers is to remember this verse. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So when I think about this, it's like literally I, I always think about this walking in like a dark, like sidewalk, swampy type of thing. Mm. It's like, Lord, I can't see anything. But as long as I have your word, it's a lamp to my feet. So I know where I'm Amen. walking and it's a light to my path so I could see a little bit before me so I can have somewhat confidence of what I'm walking into, Amen. if that makes sense. So it's like as as believers, we really need the word of God so we can see where we're walking, but we can also somewhat see what we're walking into. Because if we don't have the word, then we'll just be walking in complete darkness, not knowing if we're about to fall into a ditch because we're not you know, we, we don't have a light before us, but the word of God is, li I mean, he's literally, God is never going to, he loves us. We're his children when we, when we like identify with Christ. So he's never going to, you know, lead us into evil for, you know, just for whatever sake, like, mm -hmm. no, like we're his children. He wants the best for us. Now he can use a bad situation for our good, but he ultimately, it's always going to lead to our good for those who love him. So Amen. it's like, as believers, we really need to keep the word, you know, first and foremost in our life. You know what I mean? Um, for sure, like seeking him in his kingdom first, you know. And then for younger believers in Psalms 119 verse 9, it says, How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. So the beautiful thing about this is like, okay, like you're a young man, you know, maybe you're, you know, 13, 14, just going into high school. How do you keep yourself pure? Read the word of God. Because I guarantee you, like you were saying um, in Hebrews 4.12, it's the word of God is living and active. It, it divides the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow. It discerns the intentions and the thoughts of the heart. So it's like when you read that, it puts something within you um, that, that, that changes you. So it's like, man, like I didn't see I didn't I didn't I didn't see this one aspect 
like that before I read the word of God. But now that I, I read the word of God, that answered a question that I had. So now I know how to walk in this specific area. So it's like it literally keeps you pure. It, it will. Amen. It will. It would literally cleanse you. It would sanctify you. It would it, it, it would do all those things. Like even Jesus prayed in John 17, 17, like sanctify them with thy truth. And your word is truth. You know what I'm saying? Like we need the word of God to sanctify us, to cleanse us, because that's what it does. That's why it's living and active. It literally works. You know what I mean? So that's what I would say. Amen. That was so good. Yeah, I would say <clears throat> I have a lot of believers um, and I was tempted to do this as well. And I would recommend to not do this. Um, that we have a lot, like a lot of uh, new young believers will come into the faith and they're like, oh, well, let me just start at Genesis and just read all the way yeah. through. I would recommend not doing that. Genesis is amazing, right? Exodus is great. But when you start getting into like Leviticus and, and places like Numbers, even some places, even in Exodus, it's very repetitive because it's like genealogies it's it's all these things that are very hard to understand especially numbers if you don't have stuff. yeah numbers and it's like it's very hard to understand if you don't have a fuller like biblical understanding of what's going on some people it's just there do it if yeah. um you have to be a mature reader you have to like have this reverence and this honor for god yes do that um, so if you're a young believer, I would definitely encourage to open up first, like the book of John. John yeah. is a great start uh, into in, in the sense of like getting into the Gospels, like reading the book of John. Yep. And then another really good uh, short one is the book of James. Get into the book of James, you know, and then really, if you're starting to read the Bible, start off in the New Testament. So that's from Matthew to Revelation, you know, get into those into that section and start to grow it and, and grow in your faith and your knowledge of the Bible. And then you can actually start to refer back over and start getting into the new test uh, into the old testament like that's what happened with me and then i got to a place where i was like okay well i'm just gonna uh, do the bible in a year and i did the bible in a year and it was one of the greatest things i ever did and i was crushing scripture i was and i, I finished it in nine months like crushed the whole bible in nine months and that was probably one of the most intense beautiful seasons of my life of just eating the word like literally eating the word and um, getting to certain parts of scripture that we're just super repetitive, not really fully understanding, but trying to, but just eating it and eating it. And it was a great foundation for me. Um, so definitely I would encourage that, like the book of John and also the uh, book of James, great starting points. And also the Bible app, I would really encourage, like get a, uh, get into a devotional. I did it. I did when I first, uh, like started getting into the Bible. I remember there was a Bible that I won at, I won at some church thing. Um, when I was just going to church just to play dodgeball and eat Chick-fil-A, <laughs> I mean, yeah, was just a, that was my that was like my high time of my week, you know. And I remember I won a I won a Bible and I was like, great, thank you, <laughs> you know. And uh, and I kept it in my room for like a year or something. And I remember I was going through something and then I felt like the Bible called out to me. So I and I remember I picked it up, you know, didn't really even open it yet. Opened up the box and I like blew all the dust off. I was like, Whew, all this dust came off. It was hilarious. Um, and then I picked up, opened up the box and it was this Bible and I was like, and it was a sports competitor Bible, um, from FCA, like fellowship of Christian athletes. And I was like, man, I was like, you know, and then I just happened to be flipping through it and I was, I've always been an athlete. And so I was flipping through to the end of the book and it had 365 devotionals where it was like a verse. It would help to break down the verse and help to apply it to like sports in your own life. And then it had a prayer at the end and it also had other verses for you to look up in the Bible. And I was like, this is great. I did that for four years straight, like barely ever missed a day. And if I did miss a day, I would do two at night. You know what I mean? I, I would make sure that I, that I, um, that I did that. 
Um, and I did it for four years and over time, like my knowledge of the word got deeper and deeper. And after the fourth year I got saved, like legit got saved. So then I actually started picking up the Bible and actually eating like actual chapters and really getting into it. You know what I mean? And, and I hear, here's the big thing. Like, don't feel convicted or guilty if you're not like, you know, finishing a whole chapter, doing stuff like that. Like go at your own pace. Don't compare yourself to other believers and be like, Oh, well, you know, they're reading like two chapters a day and I, I can barely get through one chapter a day. That absolutely does not matter. Some of the most immature believers I know, they'll chew on like two to three verses and they'll spend an hour on those two to three verses, praying into them, dissecting them, getting into it, worshiping God through it. You know what I mean? That's the aspect of of, of, of like real maturity actually is actually taking your time through the scriptures. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, so that's that. Now, so that's for the young believers. Now, for more mature believers, right, you've been reading for a while, got a decent knowledge, and you're just, like, losing your desire on Scripture. The first thing I would I would call you to do, and this is what I did, I was, is go to your knees and remind yourself of God, please let me not lose the wonder of the cross, the wonder of the, of the goodness of your Scripture and the life that is found in that. You need to be reminded of that. You need to, like, soak yourself around other people who are, like, devouring the Word, get into uh, to maybe even certain um, speakers and pastors who are teaching upon that and like and remind yourself how glorious it is the word of god if you think that it may be boring at a certain aspect of your life or you may not be full like pulled to go to the bible remember that it's not that it's boring there's something inside of you that could that that's possibly like maybe dying or something like that that you need to revive and actually ask god to rejuvenate your your desire for the word and so go on some type of crazy word story where you're just like, you know, like this is me personally. I'm reading every book in the New Testament, but I'm reading it twice. So I'll right now I'm in Second Corinthians. So I just uh, I finished it and now I'm running through Second Corinthians again. And so I'm like really trying to soak it in, kind of getting the understanding of what's going on there. And that's just kind of like where the Lord's leading me. You know what I mean? So, you know, definitely get into like a daily devotional. Definitely look into like what a Bible plan would look like for you. But if you're a mature believer, absolutely ask God to take you deep and to. And also the thing about it, I, I don't think I've ever like I've, you know, read several of the books of the Bible several times. And every time I read it, I always get something new. You yeah. know what I mean? And I know like Dev, even for the same, like, I mean, it's, it's, it's a new experience every single time. Mm -hmm. And God wants to take you into something deeper, something you never, you never saw before, something to, um, that you, that highlights to you that you can pray through. And it's, it's a thing like, and if you become bored with the scriptures, like get on your knees and, and, uh, and honestly just pray and be like, God, please help me not to lose my desire. Please help me to fall in love with your word again. Please help me in these areas. And it's the same thing. Like if you're married, right. And you get tired of your spouse, do you, are you just going to leave it alone and stop hanging out with your spouse? No, you're going to fight for love. Cause that's what love does. Yeah. You know what I mean? Love is not a feeling. Love is a self-sacrificing, um, understanding of I'm laying down my life for this person. So I'm going to lay down my life for this book regardless of I may feel like reading it or not, because I know of the jewels of the treasures of the beauty that is hidden in the scriptures. Um, and guys, like there's times where it will bring you to tears. There's times where it will, you will read it and you will fall asleep. You know what I mean? Um, there are times when you will read it and like not understand what you're saying, but receive from God, whatever your experience is through the scripture and go deep with him. Amen. Just go deep. Amen. Yeah. That's good. And I would definitely encourage before you read, pray before you read. Yep. Um, I yep. will encourage yep. after you read, if you didn't get one single thing, still pray ob at, like over what you read. If you received something amazing, pray over that also. 
take verses implement like like put them in your prayers pray them over yourself pray them for for other people yeah. and like gage was saying you know for the mature believers like even like myself from time to time i have to fast Amen. because of the simple fact that like so it's good. just god it's it, god it's not connecting like it's just like right now i'm just in a place where like you know it's just not connecting it's i'm in a place where i'm i'm gonna be honest god like i don't feel like spending time with you so i'm going to fast to get closer to you to deny the things that i want like whether it's food or something that i really really enjoy doing like if it's like the video game if it's youtube if it's you know watching movies i'll fast from those things so i can give more time to god and god can have like more of like my heart you know what i mean and, and those things are hard but you know i mean that's we're going after that you know and like gaze was saying you fight for love you know with the spouse so we need to fight for our love with god Amen. you know it's a war we don't fight against you know flesh and blood but against principalities things that we can't see you know demons that you know are, are constantly trying to attack us the devil who doesn't want us to have a relationship with god because he wants us to be bitter angry and sad and and, and depressed like him but no we're children of god so you know we need to we need to fight for that with the full armor that he has given us because it's all by his grace he gives us everything that we need you know amen so amen. yeah Literally, I feel like me and Dev could literally spend like another hour just like kind of getting into the beauties of this. But in yeah. the end, um, this is your journey. Don't compare your journey to another person, another believer's journey. At all. Um, I fall into that so much. Yeah. Still. Yeah. I mean, same for myself. I look at other people who um, have such desire and beauty and I'm like, man, like, but in the end, let let your walk with the Lord be pure. Let it be unstained from the world. Um, and let it be built up. And the last thing I want to leave with is that the Bible is a spiritually discerned book. Amen. So allow the Holy Spirit to guide you and to teach you what, what is in this. And same thing with Dev. I didn't read in high school either. I hated reading. But I'll tell you what, I'd be in my Bible every day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. No, nah, that's good. Yeah, it's definitely not a book that you could read. You can't understand this book with your mind it's literally like you have to ask god you have to beg god Amen. you have to plead before god like god help me to understand because there's times where i read and it just doesn't connect but that's because i'm reading with my mind and i'm not reading like you know it, i'm not reading like with my spirit mm -hmm. you know the fight like like jesus says like there's a time you know coming that you're going to worship the father in spirit and in truth you know it's not it's not so much about the mind it's not so much about how much we know but it's literally like humbling ourselves and saying like god i need your spirit to revive my spirit and to give me your truth so i could truly worship you you know Amen. so yeah like gaze was saying we could spend so much more time but for the sake of time yeah nah this was a great episode um super deep stuff man it's yeah, just yeah seriously it's literally like i mean i i know like you know i'm saying like we're trying to wrap it up but like you know for man should not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of god Sweet. you know so it's like we can't we can't just eat food, you know, because like like our physical bodies need food. Our spirit needs food. And what is our spirit's food? It's the Bible. Like Amen. Jesus says, eat of my eat of my flesh, drink of my blood. We need to we need to do these things in order to be like fed, you know, as children of God. Amen. So yes, much sir. power in this. So, guys, run after it, man. Dive into the word of God um, and. From every, from a lot of my friends who go through their struggles, go through their high moments, their low moments, whatever, um, the Bible has always been that constant. Yeah, you know. So, so guys, uh, leave us, um, leave us a rating. Give us some type of, uh, you know, any type of questions or, or comments or anything, any feedback. Put it in the comments. Um, you know, give us those those ratings and stuff. And uh, you know, we're we're here for you guys. We love you guys. And um, we're, uh, we, we, we take that time to pray into, uh, to pray for you guys who are the hearers. So we bless you all. Yes, sir. So I'll just quickly pray out. 
So, Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, the word of God. Father, we ask that um, you would bless every single listener as well as uh, Gage and myself, Lord God, to take us deeper into your scripture, God, not only to just know, Lord, but to, to truly know more about you, to seek your face, to know you, God, to love you more with all of our hearts, all of our minds, all of our souls, all of our strength, God, and to love our neighbors as so, uh, to love our neighbor as um, ourselves, Lord. Amen. So, Father, we just thank you for you and everything that you do, Father. We ask for your gift um, of grace. We ask for your gift the faith God to believe you and uh, what you say so father we love you and we give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ's name amen amen yes sir hey. episode five man hey. yes sir love you guys love y'all man this is Devin this is Gage all right party people hey peace yeah <laughs>